joining us on the third episode of Health Charcha in association with Medtronic. I'm Deepthi Ahuja, podcast producer at HD Smartcast and your podcast host and those. In this show, we discuss all of your burning health-related questions. So let's begin. This is a dialogue often used by Bollywood mothers to express their love for their children. But have you ever stopped to think what does jigar or kaleja even mean? We often assume it's the heart. But in Hindi, it actually means the liver. Isn't that amazing? How important an organ could be that it replaces or substitutes the heart in the most affectionate dialogues used by Indian mothers. When we came to this realization, we decided that this episode will be dedicated to the most important yet the most ignored organ in the human body. the liver at present the need for liver transplantation in india is estimated to be around 25000 per year the current rate of lts performed in india is only 1500 per year this is still progress however it also brings up the next set of challenges namely organ shortage which remains a major limitation and accounts for a large portion of the population to be on the waitlist for a longer period of time so today we discuss more on our jigar or kaleja and related diseases with dr mahesh gopasethi dr mahesh gopasethi is senior consultant at fortis hospital bangalore and is a transplant surgeon with over 15 years of experience in hepatopancreato biliary and liver transplant surgery hi dr mahesh welcome to health charcha hi deepthi i'll be very happy to talk about uh, liver injury and how to take care of yourself absolutely So let's begin with the most important and the obvious question. Please tell us why is the liver the most important organ of our body and what are the most common liver related diseases? Liver is an organ located in the right upper quadrant of the body. If mm-hmm. you were to enlist the number of functions that it does, the number crosses over 500. Right. So it is a silent worker in a way to say diseases that affect the liver are uh, usually this hepatitis viruses they are mm-hmm. named like a b c d you know e f g h and the number goes on oh uh, this is a you know most common cause for liver injury other causes for liver damage are uh, you know autoimmune liver diseases uh, alcohol intake obesity diabetes you know these are the common causes for liver damage in an adult in children the the causes differ somewhat a little bit and there the genetic you know problems are more common in children the damaged liver becomes uh, like a f- fertile ground for development of liver cancers and liver cancers develop in the background of damaged liver right so dr mahesh coming to cancer what are the most common causes or you know risk factors involved most common cause for liver cancer is liver damage cirrhosis so any right. disease that leads to cirrhosis has a mm-hmm. big potential to you know lead on to developing liver cancers you know common causes for cirrhosis are hepatitis b hepatitis c 
excess alcohol use, non-alcoholic uh, fatty liver disease, diabetes, and the list goes on and on and on. But right. if you look at the number of percentages, you know, hepatitis B, hepatitis C, alcohol, and NAFLD or NASH disease, this mm-hmm. forms close to about 70-80% of the people we see with liver cirrhosis. Right. I've heard that the signs and symptoms don't really appear for a lot of people, you know, in the early stages of liver cancer. But um, I think we'd still like to understand, you know, me and the listeners, what are these symptoms? You know, Deepti, um, it is difficult to pinpoint and say what are the signs and symptoms of liver cancer because these liver cancers develop in the background of damaged liver. Hmm. So most often the damaged liver symptoms are the ones which trouble the patient. And when you evaluate them for other causes, you know, you realize that they have developed a cancer in the background of this damaged liver. So hmm. signs and symptoms of damaged liver are, you know, weakness, swelling in the legs, swelling in the abdomen. Right. Sometimes they have vomiting of blood. Sometimes they, you know, oh. pass blood in the stool. Uh, hmm. Jaundice, even though is synonymous with uh, liver injury, it is one of the last uh, symptoms that develops in the course of the uh, disease. You know, what God has given us is over excess, 70% in excess of the liver that we need. Mm-hmm. So until more than 70% of the liver gets damaged, a person or the patient will not even know that he has been having some kind of damage to his liver. Right. So most of the time you diagnose these problems when the disease is pretty much at an advanced stage. Okay, so it's pretty clear that in case anyone is suffering from any of these symptoms, they must consult their doctor. But um, how much of a role does, you know, screening play in one's chances of survival? In early detection of the disease is the key to success here. A key to right. identifying the disease early and uh, also to give the treatment in time. Hmm. The common tools that we use in screening if somebody has liver damage and the extent of liver damage is through blood tests called as uh, liver function tests. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we also do tests to see why the liver damage started off first of all. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, there are certain biomarkers to see if a cancer has developed in the background of the cirrhosis and, uh, you know, whether it is early or late. Fibroscan tells us how stiff your liver is, but it does not tell us how bad the liver is functioning. So using a combination of ultrasound and blood tests, we decide you know, how much, to what extent the liver is damaged and whether there is any cancer developing in the background or not. So bigger tests come later, obviously. Uh, blood tests are the first thing that one must go for. I mean, that's actually quite calming in a way because blood tests are regular, right? So I guess um, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, what are the most common treatments for liver-related diseases? If you could just elaborate a bit on that. Yeah, uh, treatment for liver disease depends on whether it is early, intermediate or late stage. Hmm. You know, if the disease is early stage, you know, we, what we call as child A or child B status, mm-hmm. you know, most of the time you can treat them with a few medications to improve their quality of life. But if the disease is quite advanced, then hmm. uh, liver transplant becomes the only option. The usual medications that we give early on in the disease or, you know, people who have this uh, swelling in the leg and ascites is, Mm -hmm. you know, they need more proteins. They need to take less water and less salt. 
the tendency uh, is you know when you are sick you tend to take a lot of uh, fruits but you know fruits in one way give only sugar and water what these people need is actually more proteins so they need to concentrate on eating more proteins right uh now doctor you mentioned transplants uh, has there been a problem to find organ donors at the right time you know considering the skepticism around organ donation there are two options for these patients to get a, a new liver one is called as living donor other one is called a cadaveric donor living mm-hmm. donor is where one of the family members shares half their liver with the recipient cadaver okay. donor is you know where each state has got its own way of functioning people who meet with accident and whose brain is irreversibly damaged they ultimately are going to die you know there is a way to identify these patients before their heart stops a certain whether they are going to survive or not if the chance of survival is 0% there is a way to identify them and we use this lead time that we get to counsel the families and if they agree right. to donate organs you know there is a system put in place by each state and we follow that system whether you do a living donor or a cadaveric donor liver transplant it does not matter the success is comparable in both of them um the key to success is doing the transplant in a timely fashion you know if you do transplant in a patient who is very debilitated the risks are going to be high mm-hmm. and their uh, success is going to be a little low the disease should be advanced enough but not too bad you know that would be the right time to take up transplants and if we use our scientific words anybody who has a mel score of 14 or more or hccs okay. who meet into the milan criteria these are the patients uh, who will benefit the maximum from liver transplant interesting um another interesting fact uh, that kind of surprised me uh, you know when i was researching the topic is that uh, liver also grows right it grows back to its original size in like 3 to 4 weeks and that was very interesting considering the times that we live in you know the fact that there is uh, this pandemic how does covid infection impact the liver and should a patient with liver cancer or any kind of liver diseases should he or she delay their treatment because of the pandemic you know covid 19 has given us a big challenge um yeah we do see patients who postpone their treatment and come to uh, meet us at a very advanced stage where options that we can use are very limited you know even if patients are stable enough and they develop on the background of cirrhosis they develop covid-19 on top of that hmm. this added challenge of covid-19 their liver may not be able to cope and what we have seen is increased mortality in patients with cirrhosis hmm. who develop covid-19 on top you know if you manage to organize your life and everything is in place there is no point in delaying treatment for your cirrhosis even in the middle of this covid-19 you know every right. hospital and even our liver transplant society has put guidelines as to how mm. to treat these patients how to do the surgery on the donor and the recipient and make sure that you know they don't get or catch covid there are guidelines that are put in place and we all follow those guidelines and we have had you know pretty good success in treating our patients with liver transplant even in the middle of this covid-19 uh could you elaborate a little more on these guidelines i mean i'm curious and i'm sure our listeners are also very curious to know uh what these guidelines 
are all about these guidelines are meant at safeguarding the safety of the donor and safety mm-hmm. of the people or healthcare workers who treat them right. you know when everything is in place the donor workup is done donor is found to be fit the recipient is fit you know we admit them in the hospital both donor and recipient and in that room nobody is allowed to go in go out you know you do one test covid test at the time of admission you wait for 5 days repeat the test make sure that second test is negative once that second test is negative uh, you plan the surgery within a day or two after getting that uh, second test and this right. way we you know even if somebody is incubating their symptoms or the test becomes quite obvious within that waiting time and this is how we have been able to screen our donor and recipients and do surgery in a safe manner interesting um so clearly the diagnosis and prognosis of liver diseases is a very important uh, that it happens at the right time but of course because of the pandemic you know we delay and wait for the court and court correct time to go to the doctor and this um as we have seen so far in this conversation with dr mahesh will lead to complications um also there is a certain amount of awareness that i think needs to be spread on the lines of liver donation um but apart from all this dr mahesh what other advice would you like to give on the prevention of liver ailments or you know even tips for a healthy living a healthy lifestyle what i can tell uh, everybody or the society at large is that yes. um, get yourself tested for hepatitis b there is a vaccine available you take the vaccine you can prevent yourself from this deadly hepatitis b virus mm-hmm. by preventing hepatitis b virus you prevent yourself from getting any cancers related to hepatitis b virus mm-hmm. you know with regards to alcohol intake you know there is no safe limit to take alcohol you know best is not to take it if you really want to take it or if you really have to take it because of certain social or your own obligations mm-hmm. then it is best to give at least 3 months of gap continuous it, it should be consecutive 3 months every year so that you give time for your liver to heal and you also prove to yourself that you are not dependent on alcohol mm-hmm. you know if you know that you have some kind of underlying liver damage you know don't abuse medications don't abuse alcohol because in the background of liver damage you add another insult the damage to the liver is exponential it is not linear so if you have diabetes or uh, you know fatty liver you should not be taking alcohol on top of that is uh, fatty liver disease also related to obesity Yes in some ways it is related to obesity right. but obesity is alone is not the cause for fatty liver but there are many other reasons as well but obesity is one of them Right so one should maintain healthy weight then i mean as far Correct. as possible Yes Great thank you so much Dr Mahesh for your time and for patiently answering all my questions I really hope that uh, you know all the listeners all of our listeners including myself <laughs> we keep all these things in mind thank you so much Thank you Deepthi thank you have a good day You too That's it for this episode 
We'll be back next week with another health topic and another chacha. If you want to know more about the diseases discussed in this podcast, visit Medtronic India on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter, or reach out to us at HT Smartcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And to listen to more such podcasts, log on to htsmartcast.com or सुनते रहिए नए नजरिए से. This was an HT Smartcast original. HD Smartcast